There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Wim Radio Podcast. It would be amazing if you would click on the subscribe button so you get notified when we have new episodes. Um, and if you are a longtime listener, welcome back. You are amazing. You're the best. Could you leave us a review <laughs> this podcast? It would be so great because the more reviews we get, the more people are able to find us. So whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, it would be so, so super rad if you could go ahead and leave us a review. It means I love lot. We put a lot of work into this and we just want more people to hear it. So um, that would really help. Also, uh, just a couple announcements. We've got um, our, we've got a few events coming up this month. We have our last work fam jam of the summer, guys. This event has yielded so many great connections. Um, that I have witnessed firsthand. So I've heard so many of you say, I'm stuck inside, I'm quarantining, I really want to continue progressing in my career networking, but how the heck do I do that with everything going on? It's easy. You come to our work fam jams, which were every other summer Friday. Um, we have our next one coming up on August 28th join the call and you're able to network with other women in the industry. It's such an incredible opportunity to meet each other. We send you all the contact information after you guys keep in touch and like do what you do. It's this like it's the core of what women is is all about networking. So this is our last one for the summer. Do not miss it. Sign up RSCP. It's IamWim.com slash events. You'll see that event to RSCP for and you'll also see um, our next event, which is all about the energetics of business. So fun fact about me, I'm like all about that shit. <laughs> so I am all about um, sort of like spirituality and good energy, good vibes. And uh, that is exactly what this is. It's sort of taking the woo-woo out of all of it, though, and making it applicable to real life scenarios where you can really use it to enrich the work that you're doing and the business that you have. So that one is not to be missed. Again, it's IamWim.com slash events. And of course, Wim is double I. 
Also, you may have noticed that this episode is going live on a Tuesday. That's because we are uploading our episodes a couple days sooner. Just wanted to try some new things, um, see if Tuesdays are better for you guys. We got some feedback that it may be. Um, So that's when we're uploading. Look out for us now every Tuesday moving forward instead of Thursdays. All right, let's jump into this week's episode. Abigail Ondahl is the CEO and founder of Matter Media Group. She began her career in entertainment marketing, creating influential social media platforms that further the reach of NYX Cosmetics, Skechers, Pixie, and Pop Beauty. She established Matter Media Group in 2016, where her team focuses on complete talent support, creating full-scale assistance with SEO optimization, platform guidance, and brand building. Welcome to the podcast, Abigail. Abigail, it's so nice to have you on today. Um, The last time we saw each other in person, we're going back years. I can recall. I can recall. (laughs) Ironically, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, it was probably this time of year, actually. What are things like in, you're in LA still, I assume. Everyone's quarantining in different places. So I have to ask, what are things like in LA right now? Wow. Well, because I actually live in downtown LA, it's a lot quieter. I mean, if you could imagine the city itself, like New York, just being so much quieter. Um, You know, of course, there's the lines going to grocery stores or stores in general, and traffic is non-existent or was non-existent more so within the first three months of quarantine. However, now in the morning, there is some heavy traffic going from one place to another, but it's not as crazy as it was back in, you know, February, early March. So that's good. If we can take anything, <laughs> that's a positive. That's, I guess that's a positive. Yeah. If we can no, say we, that, yeah. We have to count our, our blessings. Like there any little thing yeah. that we no, can as a positive it's good absolutely i know and and then there is you know every day there is a protest here um which i could hear from our office or even my apartment building because we're on a busy street so every day there's a new protest there's always a new group of people or even the same group of people um you know walking up and down the streets and it's awesome to see it i mean it's always empowering to see so many groups of people together but however i'm always checking to see if they're wearing masks all together <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. You being the mask police. I'm the mask police over here. Um, yeah. Yeah. People don't wear them by me, which is really, really wild. Oh, what? And what yeah. do you say to them? Do you uh, say anything? Do you well, I, you know, I was. So here's, here's the, here's the real talk, right? Yeah. So when I, I, I'm like in the not cool part of Brooklyn right now, okay. that's where I'm staying. Um, it's like a whole other world out here and um, people are not wearing masks and it's like very uncomfortable. And so at first, um, you know, there's signs all over the building, like wear masks, wear social distance, you know, social distance yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I, I, I like, I'm a little outspoken, like, sorry, not sorry. And I, but like, I would say things and I'd be like, oh, like, I just want to make sure you saw the sign. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I like, 
I, I don't know. Like, it's not, this isn't me. This is, yeah. you know, the world right now. Like, is uh, you know, and, and yeah. people just, they just, they don't care. Um, yeah. And so to be honest, real talk, I was walking around so mad all the time being like, you know, this fucking person, like, they don't give it, they don't care. Like, yeah. they obviously don't care about anybody but themselves. Like, what's wrong with this person, that person? I'm like, you know what? Like, I can't walk around angry anymore to mm-hmm. be honest. And I was mm-hmm. just like... I'm going to wear my mask and I'm going to have to be on the, on the defense and I'm going to have to social distance myself because at the end of the day, hard lesson, no one really cares about strangers. Like, yeah, unfortunately. True. And so like, and I don't want to walk around mad all the time. So yeah, that's no. how I'm dealing with it. What is it like by you? Oh man. Well, I mean, I could, I feel that though. I think, you know, here too, a lot of people, it's nice though, a lot of people have been wearing masks in, in downtown. However, I think there's, you know, the few runners or people that are working out outside that don't. I, I completely understand that factor. But I have not encountered any of the Karens or, you know, any of, <laughs> of the people that haven't been wearing masks around us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, it's been great to see that camaraderie. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, everyone around me has been super safe. I, I can't really attest to what I see on the gram, um, you know, from people that are uh, uh, at restaurants or not. No, I shouldn't say restaurants, but like, I don't mind anyone going to restaurants and supporting businesses and whatnot. Maybe it's more of like the people that are in larger groups and they're going to different places. That's where I'm like, ooh, I don't think I want to see you for a while. <laughs> Totally. Talk to, like, tell me, talk, you were mentioning, like, every single day there's a protest by Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, And we're in two big cities that, like, absolutely have, you know, protest after protest, which is one of the, like, wonderful things about being in a big city. Like, you know, you band together and you, like, you make a stand together. So, like, but I actually think that, in my perception at least, LA seems to be having a lot more protests than New York Mm -hmm. um, about all sorts of things. So, talk to me about that. Like, what is that like over there? Yeah, I mean, it's been... Again, it's been very empowering to see lots of people come together for so many different causes and just supporting one another in different communities as well. Um, it's been it's been great to see it. I think it's been really peaceful. Nonetheless, I have not seen any type of you know any any type of uh, conflict or anything within any protest. I've actually also personally went to a few myself, a um, few here in downtown LA, and then. Uh, the big one in West Hollywood during Pride. So all, all of them were great. All of the energy was amazing at, at Pride. I think it was more solemn here in downtown um, just because of, you know, the passion that people have behind all of the reasonings why they're, you know, they're all in protest. And so um, talk to me, you know, from protests in your personal life to you know, statements that are made online. Um, I'd love to sort of dig into that a little bit, if you don't mind. Like, yeah. you know, we we were talking about before we even started recording, you know, like the world has changed so much. And, um, you know, we started out 2020 with like a world, a global pandemic and how the world has shifted so tremendously and it's this unified experience that everybody is going through around the world um and then 
Black Lives Matter resurfaces because it certainly didn't start then, but it resurfaces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're talking on, a, you know, a podcast about influencer marketing, but like yeah. absolutely, of course, if you're, you know, in the Facebook group for WIM, you've seen all the discussions that people are having. We had a whole event about it just a couple weeks ago. Um, I'd love to hear in your experience, like what has the Black Lives Matter movement specifically, like how has it been infused in the work that you've been doing this year? Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, it's affected our clients so much and as much as it's affected all of us in the world. But I think more so with the clients that we have, a lot of them I've worked with since they were teenagers. And now that they're you know, young adults, and we're having these deeper conversations, it's actually changed our relationship so much for the better. Um, because, you know, they've, they've, they actually had to take moments to themselves or even quick pauses to really digest a lot of the information and educate themselves with content or even just personal time for themselves to really understand what's happening. And I think that's been the biggest effect too, is just how our clients have been receptive to it and how they're utilizing their platforms. And without a question, all of them have been so vocal in how they've been supporting or want to support more of the Black Lives Matter and Black communities in general. And that's, and the way that it's also affected our business is really looking deeper with our partners and the brand partners specifically and seeing what their stance has been and how they're supporting the black community or even just, you know, other social injustices that are, that have been, been more spoken out um, about and how, and what they're doing and you really making sure that they're, that they have a, a stance in it or that they are saying things about it and you know, if there are any opportunities or partnerships that are, that were occurring during even that initial week, um, that, you know, Black Lives Matter was resurfaced, we really needed to put a stop to everything, because it was more important for us to make our clients feel very, um, you know, to be more comfortable, and also to have that moment to really make sure that they are learning and also hearing people out and having conversations, whether it's with their community or even with their family and friends, but just having a, a better understanding of, you know, what's what's happening. I mean, for me personally, too, it, it was heartbreaking. I think everyone who, like that felt it throughout our, our world or the world in general really had um, a, that, that heartbreaking sensation too of just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I mean, and you know, the thing is, is like, as we've had continuous conversations with just women in the influencer space, like, you know, this is not that, this is not new, you know, and it's, it's, it's not new for sure, but it's also, but it is new to some people, um, which is, you know, better late than never to get on people's radar, I guess. I mean, it's crazy that like things have to get to a certain point to get on somebody's radar or better said, like, things have to get to a certain point for changes to happen, Mm -hmm. like real significant change Mm -hmm. to happen. And, you know, my opinion, I love to hear yours is like, you know, I really still think that like, we're scratching the surface on change. Um, I think that like this last sort of wave of Black Lives Matter seemed to like make maybe the largest impact I've seen and like, and, and 
the conversation continued for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And I think that the question is like, how do we continue that momentum? Um, And how do we continue to, to keep it uh, a top of mind issue? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talk to us a little bit about, first of all, you know, we heard a little bit about you. Let's, let's take it back a beat. (laughs) So we heard a little bit about you, of course, in the intro to the podcast and a little bit about your background, but Mm -hmm. talk to us in your own words, um, just sort of where you, you know, how you started in this industry and how you ended up where you are today, just so we could sort of hear your journey and your words. Yeah, no, of course. You know, um, I, I, you know, I started in the entertainment industry. Well, let me back, let me back up now. Uh, so I, I actually had my head really stuck into the PR world when I was growing up. And so I was like so gung-ho about going to school for journalism and, and having an emphasis in PR and working in the entertainment industry. And while I was in college, I was not doing the party scene as much as everyone else had that experience. I interned at multiple places every semester, every year, even after college, when I was in search of a job, I was just wearing so many hats as an intern here in LA. And then I then became so infatuated with social media, or I should say YouTube at that time, because social media was more of like blogs and MySpace at the time. Um, And so MySpace and blogs then were just things that I was just so connected with. And then, like I said, YouTube was born. Um, And I was just so into all of these different creators, more so in the beauty space. So I was just so in love and enamored with all of these different people, thinking that they were all my friends online, but I never spoke to them, never met them very much, you know, that, uh, that relationship as if we were just pen pals, basically. But I always shared different creators with my friends who all my girlfriends were, of course, like, obsessed with makeup and, you know, knew all of these different fashion trends and whatnot. But then I still I shared these videos with them. And they were like, I don't get it. Why do you like this stuff? Or why do you like this person? Or why are you watching so much of this content? Um, but I, you know, I didn't really care. I felt like this was just like my, my little secret for myself. (laughs) Um, and then while I was, um, you know, during doing all these internships, I was, I was then, you know, introducing these different platforms to different companies, um, that I was interning for, you know, one specifically, one company that I was working for was actually called the LA office, um, based in, on Sunset. And I was their marketing assistant as well. And that was that during that time frame, Twitter was born. So then we were um, utilizing it within the office, just kind of playing around with it to see what, you know, what the big, what the big noise was all about. And, and um, from then I was just so, again, just like so obsessed to find out what, what is the big secret with all this, with, with social media, because there are now different platforms to play with. And um, I was just, I was like, okay, my focus now has to really go within this industry. I don't care what category, I don't care how I'm going to get into it, but I really need to be 
be, have some hat hand in, in all of these platforms because there's something here. Um, so then I just started doing SEO writing for another bigger company, um, uh, actually closer to Calabasas. And I was there for about nine months and I was doing SEO writing for different websites like Smashbox and um, at that time I think it was also Lorac and I was also doing different categories for automo automobile uh, websites and retailers. But, you know, that, that's also not fun. <laughs> it was more of like the geeky stuff that I was, I was so into, but it was also not like the way that I really wanted to invest my time. Um, so after, after my time there, I was looking for my new opportunity and I then found, and this was when I was, you know, looking for jobs on Craigslist, I found my job, my next job at NYX Cosmetics on Craigslist. And so funny enough, I had interviewed there as a PR assistant. Um, and within my first round of interviews, I didn't get it. I was, I was like, I was overseen for the position. I was basically connected to the VP and I was like, hey, if for whatever reason that person doesn't work out, please, please, please consider me. I, there's just something that I'm just so fond of with the brand. You know, I had a huge story behind it because the, my first purchase of an eyeliner was a NYX Cosmetics eyeliner from a very small boutique store in the Valley. And I was, I was just so drawn to it and I, I was like, please, like there's so much stuff that I feel like I could do and I don't know what it is, but I, I know that I could do it, but um, you know, I wasn't hired for it then. However, three months later, um, I get a call from the VP and she said, it didn't work out. Are you, are you still available? And, and then I, that's how my foot got into the world of social media because as the PR assistant there, I started to actually develop all of their platforms and started their Instagram and their Twitter and then started to rebuild their, um, their blogger lists and also their influencer relationships with YouTube because there were so many different beauty creators in the community then. Um, and our, and of course at that time too, um, the brand didn't really, didn't even have a budget for uh, any influencer work. So the way that we were really building that relationship was more so authentically and just making sure that we were connecting with all of these different creators and making sure that we understood what they, what, what they liked and what they didn't like and, you know, had more of that rapport with them that was super important to the brand. And so, um, I was there, I was at NYX Cosmetics for about three years or so. And, and then we developed the next Face Awards with our small team and our first, and I don't know if you're familiar with the next Face Awards. I am, definitely. Uh, yeah. Like so, legendary, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, was, um, that was our baby too. I mean, we were a small team of four people at that time trying to, to develop this massive event for influencers and bringing like our top 10 uh, bloggers from every, I think from the U.S. at the time. Yeah, it was a U.S. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It was an international vlogger con uh, uh, contest. And so we were bringing in all of these different contestants from all over the world and watching all of their videos. And we're like, how are we doing this with just four people while we have to also 
run all of social media and all the traditional marketing and then you know we have to find sponsorships but I don't know what happened but we did it <laughs> for the first year and it was super successful and and then of course you know Nick's Cosmetics then was able to um, carry on the event for quite some time and you know after after three years I was really like I, I want to I want to touch on apparel and I want to touch on shoes and I really want to get into you know different avenues of of you know the market and so I actually went to Skechers and I started as a another P, you know another PR um, person on the team, and the the mindset for me too is you know they didn't have a social media team at that time. They were working with a social media consultant that I worked really close with, and my role wasn't so significant significantly involved with social media as much as I had liked. It was more into the traditional space where I was like, oh, I don't know if that's where I want to go again, or even wanted to touch that area because I loved, you know, being a part of the digital um, space so much and really wanted to develop the, the presence for Skechers. And, you know, I brought up a bunch of different ideas that unfortunately it just didn't make sense for the brand at that time. And which I totally understood, you know, I was like, it's brand new. There's such a, you know, a very legendary brand that they were just, you know, not sure of how that was going to work within their budget and also within their landscape. So, you know, we parted ways and then I actually went to Pixie and Pop Beauty to do, to then develop their social media marketing strategies there. Um, and really wanted to dive into it. However, you know, at that time I was like, man, I keep going into these different brands and still developing a lot of these strategies and, and plans for, for them to break into social media. However, I'm still connecting with a lot of these influencers and, and these creators who have so much power. And, you know, funny enough too, I, I mean, during my time at Nix, I was um, connected to with Megan Savitt, who is the founder of Melrose and Park. And she, we were, we were really good friends and we still are. And she was like, you know, I'm actually going to start something. I don't know if you want to be a part of it, but I'll let you know, like, I'll, I'll keep you posted. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure where it was going at all. Um, like, you do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 sure, 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 whatever. So yeah, two years later, um, while I'm still at Pixie, you know, she calls and she's like, hey, so remember that opportunity that I was telling you about? I was like, yeah, what about it? She's she, then she told me about her venture with Melrose and Park and Style Hall and offered me a position to be a manager there. And I I won't lie, you know, I kind of looked at the position and was like, I don't understand what you're asking me to do. Um, and then, you know, of course, with, with her knowledge and her and how she's really built the business and also built the relationships with talent, she showed me the way. And, and from there, I was like, okay, I can actually put my own spin on this and also, of course, utilize a lot of the things that I've put into these brands, into these people and put into totally different, you know, energy with the way um, talent management is. So I, I was with Megan at Melrose and Park for, I want to say, like another three years or so. Then we both left and went to STX to start the digital um, department there, bringing in our own in-house talent to a traditional studio. 
And unfortunately, that was also something that wasn't met eye to eye with us and, and the company. And, and so we both left. And when we left, you know, I, I went to interview to, at so many reputable companies and I loved all of them. My problem, though, was I, I felt like I wasn't going to be able to work in the way that I would like to work, which is very open and very collaborative with, with these different companies. And I don't know, it's, it was more so just being, I think it was more of my PTSD from just different companies and um, not being able to really have my clients be in the limelight the way that I had to sell myself with the company, if that makes any sense. Um, but it was, it was hard to really, you know, again, like pull my clients and put them into a new company where I was like, look, I think I'm going to just hold off on joining any other, uh, any other company. And I, I'm just going to do this on my own for a little bit and see how that works. And so I developed Matter Media Group in, in 2016 in July. Um, and I kind of sat there in, in my parents' couch talking to my older brother. And I was like, I think I'm going to do this thing. And then he was like, you should. <laughs> he said, you, you really should. Maybe you should just, you know, develop a business plan, which I did. And just thought of, you know, what who who's going to be joining me in terms of a team or you know what are my what are my ideal wants and my clients and you know what what is um, you know our income look like right now what's my personal investment and so I started it in you know again like in July of 2016 with uh, 10 clients that I've been working with for so long and and now we're here four years later and we have a team of 10 we have uh, 23 clients two of them are dogs i should say um <laughs> I, and so yeah you know we're we're here and we're we're growing and we're living through this pandemic and we're still thriving i guess you're like we're still here <laughs> yeah no no pandemic can push us away but yeah we're we're still here now you have such a cool, like a cool path. So I'm so glad that you sort of got to share with everybody in your own words, you know, your journey. I mean, we connected first, like we were talking about, like, yeah. like years ago and oh. it was like a couple clients of yours were on a panel Yes, and you were like, come backstage and meet them. And I immediately <laughs> was like, this is like my type of people. So you like really kind of cut your teeth in beauty yeah. for sure, but then like sketchers and, you know, being at the beginning of Melrose and Park is such a cool journey to have had as well. Yeah. But then after working for all these different companies, you go ahead and start your own thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, you know, a really, it, I'm sure at the time it was a really hard decision. I don't yeah. know. You tell me, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was hard. Obviously you're here and you're doing it. And so there's been a lot of success along the way, but as an entrepreneur myself, mm -hmm. I can only imagine that there have been hardships and there have been challenges and sleepless nights. So <laughs> talk to us <laughs> about some of those, because the good thing is 
we know that there's a light at the end of that tunnel for you because you know you're still sitting here and got a successful company. So tell us some secrets. What can you share? Yeah, I mean, first I will tell you the sleepless nights will continue to be sleepless for a while. Um, I don't think that that'll stop unless your passion stops. Um, because I think the one thing though that I've also realized is uh, the fear that I initially had to even start this company and also my fear day to day of, you know, what's going to happen. It's a good feeling. It means that I'm in on the right path. And that's my perspective towards it is that I just feel like I'm, I'm on the right path to building what I would like to do or, or build with my team and our clients. And I think that's, you know, that's definitely something. Another thing that I did not do initially was, you know, really think about um, a, a, not just a five-year plan, but even just like past that and just saying like, okay, this is, I know exactly what I'm going to have monetarily within five years or just predicting, right? Like what I'm going to have for five years, but just also thinking, okay, but what, what do I want after that? C creating this, this blueprint of what your dreams and desires are is great, but also being super realistic is, is something that is key because, you know, you obviously want to do it all. I think when you start, you're like, yes, 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 because it just, it's, it just means so much more for you. But saying no also does help a lot for your sanity more of that, but also for your brand and your business. Yeah. I have said for so long, there's so much power in no. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm still learning. Sure. I'm still, you know, I think the, the, the lessons just never end for us. Well, hopefully the lessons will never end. You know, yeah. I don't know. I, I have, I, I've said to my four and a half year old, I'm like, you know, if we, if you can keep learning your whole life, yeah. you'll live this really rich life where mm -hmm. you're constantly growing and constantly evolving and pushing yourself and like, what an exciting life to live. Yeah. Um, and so like, hell yeah, we're going to keep learning because there's a lot of shit to go through and that we just don't know. And you yeah. can't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, we all learn along the way and I think the better and more impressive skill is to being open to that change and being sure. open and humble enough to, you know, to take it in and to say like, all right, well, I, I didn't know this and I'm going to mm -hmm. learn from it and I'm going to move on and move through yeah. it. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that was the one thing too, when, you know, we're, we're talking about, um, we were talking about, you know, just going through interviews that I was even going through with different companies. I'm like, are you going to tell me that you don't know? Or am I going to be afraid to tell you that I, I don't know? I don't want that type of rapport or that type of energy with people or just with that company. I just, I just don't, I just didn't want that, um, that, that relationship that didn't exist or just that fakeness, you know? And I, I think that that was the other part too, as I just coming into this, uh, this, role of owning a business you just have to be super honest and just you know and if people ask you questions and if you don't know so you don't know but that you're willing to learn and, and the open-mindedness of of wanting to learn and just you know say that you don't know things is totally fine 
it's like, it's more than fine, right? Like it's, yeah. it's really admirable. And for you to be in that place, I just want you to know from an outsider's perspective, like that's rare <laughs> and it's, and it's really, really respectable because too oh. many people try to like fake it till they make it. And you know, yeah. all these like cliche sort of phrases, but like for sure. the truth is, is like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to be like, this you don't have to pretend to be smarter or better or more like it's like you are you are and be cool with that and just say like I'm a human being and I'm gonna find that out for you give me a sec let's not waste time pretending right yeah exactly exactly I mean the the other part too is you know hearing everyone else stress or have other people stress around you and you're like wait 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 we're not curing cancer so we don't have to fight. We don't have to be so stressed about these things because this is nothing compared to the other shit that's happening right now. Well, that is true. That is very true. And like important to be reminded of, especially yeah. considering everything going on right now. Yeah. Um, so talk to us more. So you've learned the lesson of, you know, just pausing and saying like, I don't, I don't know this and I'm going to, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to get back to you and I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out and learning lessons along the way. You know, talk to us about what, what have you felt like have been your strengths going into mm-hmm business and things that you're, you know, you're like, oh, thank God I, I learned this from maybe some of your mentors yeah. and then certain things that were like, you know, like I have struggled in this area. This is not my forte and mm-hmm. how you've dealt with those things as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the strengths that I could really attest to is more of just accountability, um, that, and then of course, um, just being organized, I mean, I think I'm very OCD when it comes to my calendar or just things, a schedule in general. <laughs> um, so that, that's been one of my strengths. But the other thing that I've also learned from the people around me, I think I've, I've learned this from people around me now, but also the, the people that I've also worked with was how to build these work relationships that also don't have to be personal. Because I think that there, there is that fine line that sometimes people get into where it's, you know, that's your friend, but you work with them, but you can't separate it. And that's what I've learned is that I can, I can totally separate it. I could be very close with people and have these personal conversations. But when it comes to business, I'm like, nope, this is, this is it. This is where I do stand. Um, so I would say those, those are my strengths. I think the weaknesses sometimes is more of that no capacity of saying, of saying that word, or even just, you know, like you, you like the person, you like the person so much that you want to make it work, but you don't, or you can't, I should say. Um, so saying that just that having that strong hand of being, um, being firm sometimes is also, yeah, that would be I'm going to like with the danger of like playing therapist for a second yeah please (laughs) do like why do you why do you think you have that like why do you think that's a problem of yours of like being able to say no to people I think because I want to please people in and one and I think that's more of where my other downfall is is that I I know I know my my strengths in saying no but sometimes I'm like I could do it maybe I don't have the time to do it, but I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think that, um, look, it's like, it's, it's, it's the first step to bettering yourself and some is just, 
knowing that this is like a, a, you know, an area that you can be better at and like you are absolutely not alone in that area. There's certainly so many women I'm sure listening to this podcast right now that can absolutely relate with that. Um, And especially as you're like, you know, uh, having your own business, it's hard to maybe like turn down business or, (laughs) you know, turn down whatever that opportunity is like, that could sound crazy to someone. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. I think even just like, not even, maybe it's not even a paid opportunity, but just even just saying no, that you can't do something. Absolutely. And maybe just like what that, I don't know, I'm just guessing like maybe what it, like what it could mean or, you know, just all the negative implications. And, you know, it's, yeah. we were talking about that earlier. It's like, focusing on what do you focus on right and like you could could focus all day every day and I'm so guilty of it too of like of of the negative things or the the danger that maybe lies ahead but maybe just completely flipping that on its head and saying like I want to focus if I say no to this what doors could open up if I say no (laughs) right exactly exactly yeah and so it's just like it's you know I think that stuff like that. I think it's like having a really good group of people around you to be able to sort of like, like talk through those difficult scenarios with, um, because when you're in it, man, it's hard. Cause you're the business owner and you're like, I, I need to be able to pay my staff. I need to be able to like keep progressing in my own company. And so you've got those things top of mind. How wonderful is it if you have like a core group of people, even if it's just one person, a right. critical person that you could be like, all right, I need you to check me on this. Yeah. Like, is this something that I should say no to? Like, let's talk this out. Do you feel like you have somebody in your business life or, you know, that you could talk about that stuff with? Yeah, absolutely. I I do. I think that there's so many people within our group, even, you know, in the influencer space that I do go to um, and just have honest conversations about, you know, certain things and just seeing how they've even dealt with certain situations as well. And where, Um, like on over the years, I mean, you know, it's, it's different in New York versus LA when it comes to networking. Um, And now it's like, I don't know how, like we're trying to facilitate networking opportunities but like it's hard networking like historically where are you meeting like peers of yours in the industry at those events like VidCon (laughs) (laughs) that's real yeah yeah VidCon BeautyCon any of the brand events that I can go to with clients and then I will I'll totally utilize that as a place of networking I mean think that and then of course you know when I'm meeting people, we all, I, we always talk about, you know, ideas or just questions that we've had. And then maybe that's also another way to introduce another person. So it's, you know, just through conversation more so that way. Do you feel like you're good at relationships? I mean, you have built a whole company, you know, you've got, you got a a large staff, you've got a lot of clients, you've got relationships over so many years. Is that something that you also feel is a strong, um, is is something strong that you have? Work-wise? Yes. Personal? No. (laughs) Tell me more about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would, I could, I definitely could. So with the, with work-wise, I mean, all of my, I shouldn't say all, maybe I would say, 
75% of my old coworkers from all of the companies, even from my internships, I have relationships with. However, personal wise, I, I really have maybe like two, three friends of mine that I will talk to and still continue to have my relationships with or have conversations with, but I don't, I'm just not good in, you know, creating that, um, that personal space because I'm just so, I think it's because my head is just so invested in, in my business and also, you know, making sure that again, using the word of accommodation, I'm accommodating to the people I work with or, or have worked with because I'm just looking to build that relationship more so. But then again, now that I say that too, I mean, the reason why the 75% of the people that I've worked with have also trickled to my personal life where we're all friends still there too. Look, I can relate to this too. Like, do I should ask the question instead of just make an assumption, but do you mm. sort of, um, do, do you sort of identify a, a large part of your identity as your work life? Like, is that yes. so <laughs> ingrained? I mean, I can make the assumption that like, that's what it sounds like. It is, but... Yeah, a hundred thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. where do you think that comes from? Like, have you always like, did your parent, were your parents like that? Like, how did, where did that come um, from? You know, it, it did come from my parents. My parents who are from the Philippines and came to the U.S. when they were 27 years old and, you know, got married in the Philippines and brought their families here or brought my brother, my oldest brother here. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it was rough hearing the stories. I mean, I'm the youngest one um, from my family and we have two, I have two older brothers and hearing the, the stories that my parents had to go through was really hard to hear um, how many jobs they had to have to actually, you know, pay their rent. And then of course, make a living to have a family and then want to have a house and then pay for tuition for a good school for my brothers and myself. And, you know, I, I didn't go to public school. I actually went to private Catholic school that my parents worked their ass off for. And I, you know, I kind of screwed around <laughs> at some point and just was like, I'm going to be a teenager and didn't realize that, you know, why my parents worked really hard for them, for, for me to be here. And having that mindset really changed my perspective towards work where I wanted to pay them back. And so that's where, you know, I actually came to that conclusion as well in, in, in college because I, I went to a really like very expensive school for the first year and struggled to keep up my GPA. I mean, granted, yes, there was a partial scholarship, but that also doesn't count. Um, that, then I, you know, I transferred to um, a Cal State college, which I was super happy with because I was able to you know, be closer to home or be at home really. And, uh, and then was able to do what I really wanted to do and intern and work for different places. But yeah, I mean, I think the perspective was more so just, you know, wanting to give back to them because I, I seriously owe them everything. They've, they've inspired me. I mean, and my grandparents too, my mom's parents were were also, you know, hardworking and my, my dad's parents as well. They were very, they're very hardworking and they 
they were they were in the Philippines the entire time, but um, I had my grandparents, my mom's side, who really raised me when I was a kid, which actually, um, which was inspired by my, the name of Matter Media Group actually was inspired by my grandma. And she's a huge part of my life. And so, you know, she, everyone in my family really has inspired me to be who I am now and has really pushed me. I love that so much. How is the name inspired by your grandparents? Which part of it? So um, my grandmother's name is Maternidad. And so she was, we would call her um, Mater as a nickname. And so I was like, I was, it was funny too, because when I was in that mid uh, decision of whether or not I wanted to start my own company or join another company, I was on, I was actually on the five freeway um, going towards downtown for a shoot on a Sunday. And I, my grandparents are actually buried on, um, at Hollywood Hills Forest Lawn, which is off the five. And so I'm very, very much a spiritual person and also very connected to them um, in that sense. So I actually, when I was driving by, I was talking to my grandparents. I'm like, okay, please, if I am going to make this decision, I need to figure out what my name is and what my values are for this company. And so kind of came in it came to mind of matter matter media group um while i was driving (laughs) i love that i love that so much and that's such a cool story because it just you know it's like it's your roots like it's it's something that like is never gonna go away and it's something that i can only imagine really drives you every single day because it's just rooted in like your upbringing it's rooted in your family like (laughs) when you talk you said you're like i identify you know my work life is so much a huge part of my identity but it sounds like it's even more than that. It's like it goes back further and even where that I where that drive even comes from, you know. So I can only imagine that like, you know, your clients, it's infused in your work there. It's infused <laughs> in the work that you're, you know, that you do with uh, with your team and stuff like yeah. that. And to be able to have a company that like has such a, a clear like foundation um, that's powerful. That's great. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I mean, I owe it all to our clients too, because it's their stories that also make me resonate with them and make me so inspired and motivated to work on their behalf. I mean, it's, it's awesome how they started, you know, a lot of them started in their bedroom, like filming them do tutorials in their bedroom and for them to have confidence to do that. That's inspiring. Totally. And let's talk about your clients a little bit. Yeah. You were talking about, you know, the launch of YouTube. Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about the the platforms that they're on and, mm-hmm. you know, where, what sort of categories they're in and like what your, what Matter Media Group specializes in if, if you guys have any sort of like a focus. Yeah, sure. So a lot of our clients do fall within the categories of beauty, lifestyle, and fashion. Um, all of our clients do have a large or have followings across all social platforms too, from YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, um, and Twitter. And of course, you know, now we're also venturing off into podcasts as well. So we have quite a few of our clients developing shows. Um, and, you know, we've their content has evolved as well. I think a lot of them who were focusing so much or started their YouTube channels on across um, just 
the beauty category have now evolved to become more you know either financially focused or fitness is in their you know in their um, spectrum too and even touching on entrepreneurship um, so I think that it's awesome just to see them grow as people but also as entrepreneurs themselves and do you feel like the so you've worked in all different areas of the industry and ended up culminating all of that experience into talent representation. Talk to us just a little bit about like what it is working with talent, like the difficulties, the challenges and like the wins. And if you, you know, I, cause, because the reality is, I, and I've had a lot of conversations with people about this recently They're like, yeah. Do you feel like that part of the industry like is evolving and shifting in any way, given just like everything going on? I'd just love to hear your general thoughts on that. Yeah, well, that, that now that I understand. I think that, you know, when it comes to the evolution of just talent representation, it has, I think it's changed to a, a degree where you, you actually, I, well, I, let me, let me actually back up to you because I think initially when when I did start um, my career in talent management, it was so different because I think my mindset was very much like thinking about the transactional part the most. And then as I was getting more acclimated with the talent and getting to know them more, I started to really evaluate my style of management for me personally and just saying that, you know, I need to have some relatability with these, with these people because I want them to obviously stick around and for us to build bigger and better opportunities for each other and so i think that was the, that's been a bigger um you know a bigger change and you know the struggles of being a manager of you know i think that that's more of just making sure i i always say that the tedious part of it is making sure that your client is on schedule and that just again goes back to me being super ocd with my scheduling and my calendar and things like that but also making sure that they're seen in the spotlight and in, in every bright light because we obviously don't want them to be in any detrimental state with any any you know any brand or partner whoever it is but you know i think that the way that it's also evolved is really thinking outside of the box for talent i think a lot of the time it has been more of you know that that initial perspective of being super transactional and thinking about how much this person can make or how much you can make for them, but it's so much more than that. It's it's so much more of that hustle that that you're that the other person that you were talking to was was talking about, but in a very different way. You know, it's building the rapport with another person for your client or just making sure that you're very well versed in what you know, who, who your client is and what, what they want or what they don't want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I think it's valid to even approach it in different ways. I mean, I've met so many talent managers and, you know, like they look at it as pretty transactional and yeah. like, they do well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and some of their clients are cool with that even. Mm -hmm. you know? I think that's part of one thing that I've noticed and I wonder if you notice it too. It's like, every influencer that you work with is completely different. Like yeah. they just want, they want different things. They want a different mm -hmm. style of management. So I think that, um, I don't know, I would, I would think that it, your business sort of is 
to a degree, right, is is contingent upon the type of talent that you work with. Because you sure. can them at the end of the day. But I kind of heard you say at one point too, you're like, you know, and then I sort of was introspective and said like, you know, I want to sort of frame my own management style because it's important to you. So talk, yeah. to, talk to us a little bit about that. Cause you know, you can only control what you could control, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. 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 No. And I think, you know, the way, what, what I mean too is just really, again, like making sure that we have that, that connection or just that relationship where those managers that are more transactional is great. Like they, they're, they're doing well, um, and that that is the perspective that all of, all a of, lot of us do have. Where of course that's how we're we're living, or that's how we keep the lights on. But I think what's most important for us is, or for me, is just to, to make sure that I know how my client is feeling and knowing, like you know, what are the things that they're afraid to say to other people that maybe they're more comfortable to say to me. I think that you know, even in, across our team, there's there's a lot of different relationships that you know our our managers or our creative team have with our talent that is so valid because you know there's there's a different type of relationship that's built and i think that's that's what i mean is just making sure that there is a a different relationship that we have that's you know that that could have that fine line between the personal and the business side yeah absolutely and you know what i also hear in that statement is like that's a very like feminine touch to put on your own business because yeah. as women, like we can, we have the ability to be a, like in touch with those things. Totally. Um, you know, I like, and I feel like that's just something really special and unique, of course, about our industry and that it's so female oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to, to like, to dive into that and to really lean into it and, um, be able to bring that to your own business, to your relationships and, and oh. all of it. So, um, I, I can't believe that we're like about to end this. No way. <laughs> I feel like we're just getting started. We'll have to have you back on, um, or just continue to get you like more and more involved in the group. Although you've been a member for so long and we yeah. love you for that. No, thank you so much for having me as a member. I just love, I love what, what what's built at, at WIM and I just love all of the, all of the women that are there and how everyone has been just so open and, you know, is able to have a safe space to talk. Absolutely. And like, it's just these types of conversations that are just going to continue to perpetuate that. So um, we're nothing without our members. So we appreciate you as being a member. Seriously, genuinely. It's it's really, really wonderful. We ask everybody of this who comes on. And so I'm excited to ask you, Okay, what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or a personal advantage today? You know, no one actually ever told me that I could negotiate my salary. Wow. Wow. No, I was never told that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Were you ever educated that at school? <laughs> well, certainly not at school. <laughs> I have, I have lots of issues with, you know, education and my own education specifically. So no, I, yeah, that, no. that's absolutely something that should be taught at school, but you weren't taught it anywhere. No. Yeah. Not, not then. No, no, no. I, I don't. Now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, what was important to me then when I was young was more of just what, what was, what was I at a value for? And I thought that, you know, my first job 
thinking about it as straight out after college, I was like, oh, I should have asked for more or I could have even negotiated certain terms within my contract. But I was Absolutely. not told that. Well, um, I'm glad. And, and you know what? Like, while I'm like taken aback by that, because especially as you're somebody who negotiates all yeah. day now <laughs> for a living, I'm like, wow, like, good for you for obviously, uh, you know, figuring it out along well, the way. Yeah. I mean, it took, it took people in the industry, honestly, yeah. when I stepped into this industry and then, you know, they, like, if I would have you know, intimate conversations with certain people about certain opportunities or like, you could ask for this or that. I'm like, wait, 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 you know, you, you did that. <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> Hold on. What's, wait, what's happening with that? Yeah, I mean, now, now, like, come on, that's just, that's an easy yes, whenever anyone asks for, and they, they don't have to be in this industry of, that we're in, but any, anyone can, can ask for anything. Absolutely. And I'll piggyback on that by saying we, I had a, I remember a very distinctive conversation that I had when I was like an assistant at a talent agency a, a while ago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> A while ago. Um, and I, I remember her just being so mad. She's so frustrated. And she's like, you know, I just make, I don't make anything here at this company and they pay so little and this, that, and the other. And I was like, you know, when, but like, I hear you on that. And it's not like I'm making lots of money either. We're in the same role at the same time. But I was like, but when was the last time you asked for a bump in, in your fee and like a bump right. in your salary? Like, when is the last time? And she's like, Oh, I mean, like I, I got my last raised at the holidays last year mm-hmm. and like, and, and she, what she was sort of going on to, I could see the look on her face and she was just like, wait a second. Like you could ask for little bumps along the way. Like you don't have to wait for somebody else to give yeah. you a raise. Right. Um, yeah. And so, right. when, so to your point, like, absolutely negotiate when it's you know when you're you know when you're uh, applying or being accepted to to a new role but even along the way as well For sure totally as, yeah as yeah. things progress and as you're advancing in your role and you're sort of advancing through the company and and as you're in, uh, evolving and growing your worth mm-hmm. um that you should be compensated for that yeah, you definitely need to know your worth. That's that's so important, like for everyone. I mean, I know, yeah, as when I was 20 and I was an assistant at that marketing job too, I was like, wait, is this common? <laughs> is this is this a common thing? Is this a common range for someone who's, you know, doing this and that? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And then I was very lucky to have mentors who were just like, you have to ask, you have to push back and you have to, you have to negotiate that. So yeah, no, just be strong, be strong in that and just know what you want and know who you're worth. Be strong ladies and know your worth. Abigail, I'm so happy that you joined us today. Thank you so much for being on. No, thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. And I'm again, so, so thankful for you guys to ask me to be here. Oh my gosh, you were nominated to Girlfriends. <laughs> you were nominated as someone. People were like, I can't believe she's never been on the podcast before. Get her on. And I was like, Aww. done, done. Yeah. Well, if you need me again, please let me know. I'm around. Amazing. Amazing. We'll just do like the quarantine series. Like, there you go. <laughs> 
everyone's around working odd hours. Is it Friday? Is it Tuesday? Who knows? Uh, who knows? We don't know anything. There's no calendar anymore. Yeah. It's, I, it's seriously like, it's like, it's August. And I'm like, how is that even possible? That That's it's not. Yes. Right? No, it's not real. It's, it's not, not real. real. So Abigail, I have a feeling that people listening are going to want to get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, so what's the best way? Social? Like, how can people reach you? I'm available around all types of ways to communicate. So you can uh, you can find me on Instagram, which is Abigail24. Um, our company's in, uh, Instagram is Matter Media Group. And if you want to email me, you can also do that too. It's Abigail at MatterMediaGroup.com. I love people and respect people who give out their email. Like <laughs> you are, that's like a legit person who is really truly open to connecting with others oh my gosh yeah absolutely it's It's, yeah yeah any anytime it's funny too whenever we go through emails or my inbox I'm like I respond to everyone honestly like I'll respond to everyone if I know but however if it's creepy fan mail I'll say no (laughs) she has a limit guys yeah if it's (laughs) no fan mail for our clients that are very weird I will strictly delete but everything else is fine Perfection. Perfection. Well, don't send a creepy fan mail, but I am a huge fan and so grateful that you could be on today. Um, And uh, yeah, thanks for being on. Thank you so much. Seriously, thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week. There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed full apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart.